At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, a football roundtable discussion with our friend Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast and Ben Brown from PFF. There's some quarterback news coming out of New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson had a successful knee surgery in Los Angeles, and they are expected to the recovery to be two to four weeks. Uh, it was just a trim of the meniscus, and that's as the Jets expected. Uh, Joe Flacco is uh, still scheduled to start the opener against his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Jets uh, have said that they are not going to rush Zach Wilson back onto the field. I mean, why would they? Uh, Elsewhere in New York, going to the Giants now, head coach Brian Dable had some interesting things to say about Tyrod Taylor possibly working with the ones in practice. Here's the quote from Brian Dable. Yeah, he'll get it. As we get going here in terms of preseason games, we'll talk about whatever we think is best. But I have full confidence in Daniel, and I have full confidence in Tyrod in what his role is. Each day we sit there and evaluate the guys, but he will get a few reps here or there. So, Tyrod Taylor working with the ones. Does this mean that there is any questions about Daniel Jones? And while everyone could say no, and while you think about it, and there probably isn't, how could there not be? The Giants did not pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones. The current Giants regime did not draft Daniel Jones. And while he might athletically have a similar skill set to Josh Allen, and therefore... Brian Dable could work with him and get the best out of him. Well, maybe there is a little bit of concern. Earlier in training camp, I had talked about how Brian Dable did not want the media to release footage. So he banned the media and the fans from filming any 11-on-11 drills. Didn't want anything getting out. And people speculated, even I speculated, oh, he doesn't want to leak anything about the, the offense. Doesn't want anybody to know what he's been cooking up. Well, 
This all stemmed from a video clip of Daniel Jones that was taken by a fan during practice missing throws and not looking good. And so maybe Dable's just trying to protect his young quarterback by saying, hey, stop filming the practices. I don't want people releasing footage of Daniel Jones looking terrible, and I don't want Daniel Jones to lose confidence because everyone on social media is talking about him looking terrible. I don't know. But I do think it's interesting when you start to give somebody else some practice reps. Now, it could just be that you're protecting this guy. You don't want him to get hurt because he's your quarterback. And no, I don't think that Tyrod Taylor is the answer for the Giants, and they would have a better season with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's proven that he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a nice backup, but he didn't show you anything in Texas. For the, You know, it's like, for the Texans in Houston, it's like, eh, all right. It's not like he played for Brian Dable in Buffalo. They weren't there at the same time. So it's not like a loyalty thing or anything, or familiarity or whatnot. I just think that, it's Tyrod Taylor at 33 years old needing to get some look just in case the Giants have to go to him. And I don't think that they want to have to make a change, but should they do that because they don't, you know, Daniel Jones either gets hurt or they determine he's not the long season the long-term potential, maybe Taylor becomes a bridge quarterback until this team figures out the solution long-term. So you start the season with Daniel Jones. You know you didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's a lame-duck quarterback. He doesn't show you signs of improvement this season. You're not going to sign him to to another deal. You're just going to let him go. And so you turn to Tyrod Taylor. You get him some work because going into next season, he's going to be your, your veteran starter with a rookie quarterback that you draft. Maybe that's the plan here for the New York Giants. I don't know. All I can tell you is that Taylor has looked good in training camp from all reports. And we'll see what they got cooking here in the preseason as the preseason continues. The Giants coming up here. They will play the Bengals on Sunday in their second preseason game. And then they will play the Jets in the Snoopy Bowl in their third preseason game. They open up the season at Tennessee on week one. And... um They're a seven-point dog, I believe, right now in that game. And we talked about it. It's like, yeah, kind of, kind of like the, uh, you know, kind of like the Giants in that game. But got to see more from Daniel Jones and um, certainly working with the ones here is (laughs) um, something that, Tyrod Taylor is going to try and take advantage of. And maybe it means the Giants are a good play here against Cincinnati in week two of the preseason. Because if it's Tyrod Taylor getting the bulk of the action 
and he's working with the ones and he's getting a better look, then maybe it's maybe it's a play. And I don't know how much we're going to see from the uh, the Bengals. The line on that game is Giants and Bengals. Giants minus six. Wow. That is lined uh, very interestingly. Speaking of lines, totals have completely shot up here in week two of the preseason, and it's understandable. It's been a major jump from what we saw here in week one with all the low totals, but I get it. 14-3 and to the over teams, the games in week zero and week one of the preseason. And so, looking at week two, nine of the 16 games are lined up at totals of 40 or over. It's actually eight now because the Seahawks game has dropped to 39 and a half with the news that Drew Locke won't play. My theory or or my thought process here on these games is that, and I talked about it a little earlier with um, Dave Ross, and I'll get the opinions of, you know, Sean Green and Ben Brown coming up in our football roundtable. Because of the joint practices that we will see throughout this week here in the NFL, we are not going to see starters play in these preseason games. Coaches have always said they get more out of joint practices than what they get out of a preseason game because they can go over certain situations and they can control everything, right? I want to work on goal line. So let's go work on goal line. All right, we run it. Hey, let's line it up again. Let's run it again. I want to work on third and long. All right, here we go. It's third and 10. Run the play. All right, let's work on it again. I want to work on this situation. The coaches get together. They talk about it. One coach wants to work on this. One coach wants to work on that. And they all work on it together. You get looks, live looks, without the quarterbacks being hit. It's, it's honestly the best form of preparation that these teams can do because you're going live against another opponent that's not your own team. Except the quarterback's got a red shirt on. So you don't got to worry about him getting hurt like Zach Wilson did for the Jets. Or if another, you know, guy gets sacked and could get hurt. Joint practices are so much better than preseason games. Here's a list of the joint practices this week. Patriots and Panthers, Saints and Packers, 49ers, Vikings, Lions, Colts, Chargers, Cowboys, Bucks, Titans, Eagles, Browns, and Falcons, Jets. I don't think we see starters play. I think we see starters barely play in all of those games. And looking at the totals for all of those games, I would not be surprised if they all go under. Patriots-Panthers, 41. Saints-Packers, 39.5. 49ers-Vikings, 40. Lions-Colts, 42.5. Chargers-Cowboys, 37.5. Bucks-Titans, 38.5. Eagles-Browns, 37.5. And Falcons-Jets, 39.5. By the way, numbers have already started to move. Falcons-Jets is 38-and-a-half. Let's see. Eagles-Browns down to 36-and-a-half. 
The Cowboys line stays the same. 49er line uh, goes down to 39 and a half. Let's see. Any other movement here? Lions all the way down to 38 and a half from 42 and a half. You know why? The joint practices, now the reports are coming out. Coaches are starting to talk about their plans for this these, these games coming up. Under City, baby. Football Roundtable coming up next. Sean Green from Sports Gambling Podcast. Ben Brown from PFF. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. At the DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now for a little football roundtable discussion. We welcome in our friends Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and Ben Brown from PFF. Gentlemen, we are in week two of the preseason, and we saw overs go 14-3 and three in week one, including the Hall of Fame game. Sean, what was your take on why we saw so many overs early here in the preseason? Yeah, you know, I, I think you kind of hit on some good points there in the in the uh, previous segment where you were saying, hey, now that, uh, you know, with these joint practices, maybe the unders are going to come in in week two, where normally week one, you see, you know, tr- back in the day when we had four weeks of preseason, it was just like no starters uh, week one or, or very few. And then they would slowly work up. Yeah, game three of the preseason, you would see the starters for a half. This time it was a little, uh, it, it felt like they got the starters out there. They definitely scored some points. I feel like the NFL also, I'd have to look at the penalties, but there were a number of like personal foul uh, type penalties that I think kept drives alive. But yeah, normally week one preseason, the unders are a great spot. But yeah, it was crazy all overs. 
Ben, is that going to be a focal point? We we heard the officials talking about it, the illegal contact penalties. We saw a bunch of them here in week one of the preseason. Does that affect the way that we have to evaluate certain teams, maybe teams that throw the ball downfield more, get a little bit of an upgrade with the new uh, emphasis on the ruling? Yeah, I definitely think you, from like a macro perspective, you can definitely maybe adjust a little bit to overs, maybe being uh, more of the correct approach. I do think that we're going to see uh, a pretty heightened sense of that defensive illegal contact situation. We're also going to see defensive pass interference, which did see an uptick last year as well. So those two things uh, make it more of, you know, a passing and offensive league in general, which has definitely been the trend that we have been building up to. So I think overall, it may be tough to kind of peg individual teams that are going to benefit greatly from it. But I do think as a league-wide trend, uh, it definitely makes a lot of sense to be more uh, willing to kind of bet some of those overs in a lot of spots. Ben, who has changed the most in your evaluation based off, I know it's an overreaction, but on one preseason game, is there a team that in your uh, view has changed uh, your outlook on? Yeah, I do think uh, there's probably two, actually, to be honest with you. I do think Philadelphia Eagles early on in the offseason, I was pretty high on them. Obviously got, you know, a ton of publicity, a ton of, uh, you know, betting market action in their direction after that A.J. Brown trade. So uh, I thought there were maybe a team that you could not necessarily fade, but at least uh, avoid from a betting perspective until we did kind of see if Jalen Hurts was going to take that leap. And after, you know, his first game, uh, I thought he had a couple of really nice throws, really nice decisions in the pocket. His first throw to Quez Watkins, I thought, you know, rolling outside in the pocket, we would typically see him maybe tuck and run that football, but kept his eyes downfield. So I do think overall their offense, uh, is kind of going to be hitting uh, a pretty decent stride. And I do still like them, you know, quite a bit in the NFC East. And then uh, on the other side, uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers were a team that I wasn't necessarily actively fading, but I was trying to get some involvement with, from, you know, the Arizona Cardinals perspective to win the NFC West. Cause I did think that uh, the 49ers were a little bit overpriced, but uh, given the performance of Trey Lance, uh, it only took, you know, six or seven dropbacks basically, but I do think that he adds, you know, uh, uh, an upside that just has not been there with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think that they are going to be a pretty exciting offense overall and a team that can definitely uh, get out of that NFC conference, I would say. Sean, the Eagles, that's your squad. I know you're high on them, and uh, I'm high on them as well. I think they win the division after one week of the preseason. Uh, everything still sunshine and rainbows in Eagle land? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, knock on wood, uh, injury stuff still looks good. I mean, at the end of the day, they have the number one ranked offensive line, according to PFF, great outlet. Uh, shout out to uh, shout out to PFF there. And I, I, I just think the, the floor for this team is still pretty high when you have a great offensive line and, and Jalen hurts looked very sharp. He, he's using parts of the field that he didn't previously. And I think AJ Brown makes quarterbacks look better. I, I think expect I think you should expect Ryan Tannehill to drop a little bit because a guy like AJ Brown, who can, uh, you know, bring a massive catch radius, great runner run after the catch abilities. That's really going to help a quarterback, especially a mobile one with maybe some accuracy issues. So uh, again, really like what I've seen. And uh, you know, Jordan Davis just looked like a, just a complete beast. I mean, the guy is massive. He's going to be a handful there. Uh, we saw the jets uh, early on in that preseason game, having to adjust and start double teaming him already. Like the penetration he's gotten. Uh, and then you throw in Hassan Reddick, uh, you expect the pass rush to improve. So I think, I think quietly their defense is what's going to surprise people. But I, I, I agree with Ben. I do think uh, Jalen hurts is going to take a step up. 
Ben, let's stick in the state of Pennsylvania and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The hype train is moving. Kenny Pickett's on board. George uh, Pickens uh, is on board as well. How high are we on these two rookies who have shot up the odds board to be the offensive rookies of the year? Yeah, definitely. I do think, you know, I, I like the George Pickens uh, play quite a bit. Obviously, he was a guy who, you know, uh, dealt with some injury situations at the end of his career at Georgia, but uh, would have been a first round talent if not for that torn ACL. So I do I do really like what he's put forth. My question still is Kenny Pickett, right? Uh, did look pretty good from a PFF perspective, but uh, really vanilla offensive type scheme. I think he had like a 5.5 average depth of target really quick, you know, time to throw as well in that first preseason game. So although the numbers look good, uh, I think he's going to be asked to do more if they're going to actually compete in that AFC North division. And I just don't know if he's actually going to be capable uh, when the training wheels kind of come off, uh, being able to actually carry that team. And I do think that's going to be, uh, you know, a necessity to win the AFC North. So I don't really, you know, love them, I would say, from a futures market, but uh, it's kind of tough to actually buy into some of those guys as, you know, offensive rookie of the year, offense, you know, those sorts of things, if they aren't going to be relevant in that division race. So uh, I'm probably still fading the Pittsburgh Steelers after their one-week performance, but uh, it's never a good feeling fading Mike Tomlin, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, never had a losing season. Sean, any offensive rookie of the year plays that you like on that board right now? Yeah, a great question. I mean, I gave out uh, George Pickens on the Sports Gambling Podcast earlier on the process of forty to one, mm. uh, just kind of with the idea that uh, Kenny Pickett was already struggling at camp. It seemed to be a bit of a crapshoot at the receiver position, and he had massive upside. I mean, he, he was forty to one. And he started flashing in camp. I got down on that, so uh, I'm holding on to that. Obviously, ten to one. It's a little bit crazy. I do think they're. You know, for the for the DGens out there, I think at fifty to one over on DraftKings and uh, seventy to one respectively, uh, you know, taking a shot on some of the quarterbacks, Malik Willis, uh, Sam Howell. I, I think Malik Willis, his path to playing maybe a little bit harder to uh, you know take out Ryan Tannehill, but it's pretty obvious the Titans aren't fully committed to Tannehill. They structured his contract in the, in way that they can kind of move on from him after this year. Would I be shocked if Malik Willis gets in and maybe goes on a little bit of a run? He he really flashed some athleticism there that makes him interesting. And, and I like the Titans defense. So um, he's interesting. And then Sam Howell at 70 to one, I, you know, uh, we've we've seen what a backup uh, quarterback can do when they're behind Carson Wentz, uh, <laughs> aka Nick Foles. So Sam Howell getting in there, and again, you know they they traded a couple third round picks for him, but they're not tied to Carson Wentz, and he's shown uh, signs of struggling in camp as well. So Sam Howell at seventy to one. Those those are the two fun long shots t- for me right now. I think if you're getting into betting a receiver or a running back right now, it's kind of tough. Um, but yeah, I like those two long shot quarterbacks. The, my one play 45 to one and Ben, let me get your thoughts on this one. Isaiah Spiller. It's just one Austin Eckler injury away from maybe him surpassing Joshua Kelly and becoming the number one back for an offense that I think you would agree is going to be pretty good there in LA. Yeah, definitely. I think they're going to be, you know, probably a top three offense from an EPA <laughs> perspective. He's going to have a number of opportunities, you know, in the red zone, I would say. So I agree with you. I do. I am a, I am a pretty big believer in Austin Eckler. Uh, so I do, you know, that's going to be sort of the situation that he needs to actually break correctly for him. But 
Uh, Joshua Kelly uh, needs to overtake him as well, but I don't hate it. I do think that there is probably some value. Uh, you know, you guys touched on a lot of the quarterback situations, a lot of uncertainty to when those guys are actually going to get into the fold. So I don't mind taking a shot on Isaiah Spiller. I also think James Cook, given the right setup, only really a Devin Singletary injury way as well. Mm. Obviously shorter odds than Isaiah Spiller, but I do think both those guys can make sense at the court, or at the running back position, I would say. All right, gentlemen, uh, coming up next, I want to get into maybe uh, your favorite prop uh, for the season and uh, maybe a futures bet in the divisional race or like a team win total or to make the playoffs. Anything that you guys like that's currently available on the board right now that intrigues you for this upcoming season. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a little football roundtable joined by Ben Brown from PFF and Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to have this conversation about the prop bets, the futures market, things that you can bet on right now on the betting board. What do we like coming up next right here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for our discounted football special. Get access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vcin, and I am joined by Ben Brown from PFF and Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as we have a little football roundtable discussion. And I wanted to get into uh, some season props. Ben, is there a player prop out there that you are very high on going into this season? Yeah, there there are actually quite a few player props. I do think one long shot option that I like quite a bit, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to either lead the NFL in receiving yards or receptions. I think he's 50 to one with receiving yards, uh, 25 to one on receptions. Obviously, uh, I still believe in the Chiefs passing offense quite a bit. Sure. Uh, pretty Pretty size, you know, pretty dramatic shift, I would say, from where they were at in 2020 to 2021. I think we're going to see even more of an adjustment in 2022 with no Tyreek Hill. Uh, Smith Schuster is, you know, by far the best option. Travis Kelsey's kind of fallen off a cliff from, you know, a data perspective. I think if you look at it like his NGS type stats, measuring his speed, uh, that's completely fallen off a cliff in 2021. I think that's only going to continue. I think Kelsey's usage a little bit in this preseason as well has been somewhat underwhelming. I expect him to kind of be more in this. Not necessarily uh, rotational tight end type uh, situation with other guys in that Chiefs offense, but I do think he's going to probably take a snap, step back from a snap, snaps perspective. I think that only leads to you know more targets underneath for Juju Smith-Schuster. So I like him, you know, fifty to one basically to lead the NFL in receiving yards. I think that's probably my favorite uh, long shot type player prop that you could make right now. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been all over this uh, player prop in the offseason. Give me Max Crosby, 30 to 1, Defensive Player of the Year. I, I think there's a lot going 
uh, right for Max Crosby. One, he's just he's just a beast. I mean, you look at sort of the the advanced metrics as far as uh, QB pressures, QB knockdowns, uh, hurries, like any of those metrics, he's been up there like top two, top three, neck and neck with T.J. Watt uh, these past couple of years. He's really turned his life around. He's gotten sober, so I think that's a a, a positive narrative that the media could latch on. And the, he the the Raiders acquired Chandler Jones, so. Yeah, he's going to be facing, you know, better situations. If they got a slide pressure to stop Chandler Jones or just anything he brings to the pass rushing uh, abilities there, the Raiders, I think it's going to create massive opportunities for Max Crosby. Plus you play in a division, the AFC West, where there's a bunch of good quarterbacks, a bunch of offenses that are looking to pass more. So you have higher than average expected pass rate from three of the teams you're going to be playing and some big opportunities to create some turnovers. I think Max Crosby 30 to one is a, is a really fun defensive player of the year because he he's had really good years. He just hasn't had those counting stats as far as sacks. So if he can get some of those and, and you know, and some of that is variance. If he can get some of those this year, I think he can have a really good year and a really good resume for defensive player of the year. From a team win total perspective, Ben, let me get your thoughts on this. I talked about it last night. I kind of liking it more and more Patriots under eight and a half. And I actually think I might play the alternate under of seven and a half for a nice plus 200 play here. They're only favored in six games this year, and in two games, they are a pick So if we give them a one-in-one record split in the two games that they're a pick in, that's seven wins this season. But of those six games that they're favored in, three of them are lined at under a field goal, which means those games could go either way. What's your take on the New England Patriots this year, how they look according to PFF grades, and then your personal opinion on their win total? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, it's 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 tough to kind of fold in this expectation of a coach being really good, right? And I do think the betting market definitely, you know, caters to guys like Bill Belichick, even, you know, Kyle Shanahan, those types where uh, they get respect in the betting market, probably more so than what they even deserve, right? And I do think we've kind of seen that uh, in the past couple seasons post Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. So I like the fade quite a bit. I do like the alternate under win total even more. Uh, Mac Jones was, you know, by far the best rookie quarterback last year, but seems to be, you know, maybe overlooked a little bit. I'm not quite sure, but I do think, you know, the moving on, uh, you know, from Josh McDaniels kind of having this, uh, you know, question marks about who's going to be the offensive coordinator, how <laughs> that scheme is even going to fit in. Uh, they have no real wide receivers. I do think, you know, they have some playmakers at the running back position, but I do think, you know, their best pass catching back, James White, just retired. So I'm worried about their passing game quite a bit, and I, I'm with you on it. I do think, you know, under seven wins at plus 200 uh, is probably one of the best bets that I, uh, I think you can make right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably tailing that one with you, and I appreciate the recommendation after this. So. Yeah, and, and you know what? Defensively, J.C. Jackson's not there anymore. Right. The Malcolm Butler's now on IR for the rest of the season. So it's like, I don't know what their defense is going to look like either. Right. Sean, any win totals that you like, whether it's an under or a team that you actually are buying to go over their win total? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just tag on with the uh, New England Patriots there. I, I like the under as well. Um, you know, I I like Mac Jones as a prospect. I, I think he's certainly interesting, but that that first to second year jump is going to be really difficult when you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge essentially as your as your break <laughs> trust when it comes to offensive coordinators. You know, Ben mentioned it's tough to 
you know, kind of uh, factor in algorithmically uh, really good head coaches. But I think the same can be applied for really bad coordinators. I think Josh McDaniels really set up, um, you know, Mac Jones to succeed and put him in really good spots. And I, I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that again this year. I got the Pats going seven and 10. Uh, their schedule is pretty tough. If you walk through it, uh, strength of schedule via wind totals and everything like that. So I, I'm with you guys. I, I think seven and 10, may be the ceiling. I, I, I think their defense is going to be competent enough, but it's, it's tough to imagine their offense having a ton of pop. I do think, you know, uh, Thornton, uh, the, the rookie receiver is kind of an interesting deep fantasy play, but other than that, I, I, I think it's going to be tough and scheme wise. I, I just am not excited at all for this Pat's offense. You mentioned Josh McDaniels and there's so much hype here in town with the Raiders about the possibility for them to make a postseason run. Devonte Adams in town to pair him up with, you know, Derek Carr, his buddy from college. The, the receiving weapons to go along with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And you look at this, this team and their potential is there, but the division is very difficult. What's your outlook been on the Raiders this season? Yeah, definitely. I do think that, you know, uh, the expectations can be really wide for how they actually end up. And I do think, you know, with Josh McDaniels in the fold, we could get, uh, you know, the the best version of Derek Carr, who has been, I would say, underrated around the league in league circles for the past couple of seasons, has been really good from a PFF pass grade perspective. I think that's only going to continue. Uh, the question is, who who can kind of win over the top in this particular offense? And if they are kind of playing from behind, that is something that they absolutely need, kind of that threat. Uh, that they've, you know, kind of wanted, you know, the Henry Ruggs type player uh, to actually fulfill. Don't really have that on the roster right now. So that's maybe uh, maybe my one concern, I would say, with the Raiders offense. But uh, outside of that, I do think they're going to probably uh, finish higher than the Denver Broncos. But I still think that uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers are probably going to be the class of the AFC West when it's all said and done. Sean, 18 to one, the Raiders to be the highest scoring team in the NFL this season. You win or you out? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always down for an 18 to one, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more skeptical on the Raiders in general. I, I, I like Devonte Adams. I do think they could be interesting fantasy wise. Um, but I, I just keep looking at rich Bisaccia and the way he kind of brought this team together and the way they kind of rallied and the way they just had a bunch of like very fortunate wins. You look at, you know, like they, they played Carson Wentz and the Colts when, uh, you know, Carson Wentz didn't practice the entire week and just got added to the starting lineup like right before because of COVID. Uh, they played a weird Monday uh, afternoon game against the Browns because of COVID. Uh, they kind of went on this weird winning streak playing either bad teams or COVID hampered teams. Their their season was just all over the map. I think it was a very emotional season as well. Like they went through a lot, losing their head coach, uh, losing Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 and I think Rich Passaccia really kind of, brought something to that team and helped them succeed. I, in a weird way, I think they could be almost like a better statistically uh, statistic team, but not get their win wise. Cause they won a lot of close wins. And, and I think they're kind of primed for regression and getting to rich Passaccia. I think, uh, you know, one move that's not getting talked about enough is the, the green Bay Packers bringing in rich Passaccia. I mean, we saw the green Bay Packers special teams, completely fall apart uh, in that playoff game against the 49ers. Thankfully so. Cause I had the 49ers money line, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the Packers have really blown a lot of games in the playoffs and in the regular season, they're 32 in special teams DVOA. So bringing in a guy like rich Passaccia, 
I think will immediately jump that up and, and kind of give them an edge and help them replace Devonte Adams. So, you know, all those, those, those two transactions there, uh, I'm, I'm under on the Raiders and over on the pack. My man, handicapping special teams coaches. He's Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Ben Brown from PFF. Thanks so much, guys, for joining me here. A little football roundtable discussion on the look ahead here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Sports Betting Network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the board in a ballpark challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Got a couple of situations coming up here in Major League Baseball for Wednesday that are rather attractive to me. First one is the Mets. The Mets, we know, have the best record in Major League Baseball after a loss. They are currently this season 31-10 and 10 after a loss. That includes losing here on Tuesday to the Atlanta Braves for the second consecutive time. They have only lost three games in a row one time this season. And with Max Scherzer on the hill against Jake Odorizzi, the line has already jumped 10 cents since when I spoke about this maybe an hour ago. So looking right now, the Mets, it was at minus 145. Now it's at minus 155. Jump on this now. Like take advantage of this overnight line. Get in on this because I promise you this is only going to get higher. This line will increase by the time we get to first pitch here on Wednesday. That's the first one. Second uh, game that does intrigue me is the Blue Jays and the Orioles. The Orioles have won the first two games of this series from the Blue Jays. Baltimore, uh, excuse me, uh, Baltimore has won the first two games 
of this series. And now Baltimore will go for the sweep here in Toronto. It's a day game. They will then get out of Toronto and travel back home to Baltimore for a day game on Thursday. And then they start a weekend series with the Red Sox on Friday. So it's a weird getaway spot because not only are they getting out of town for a game the next day, but that game the next day is an early start. It's a 3 o'clock Eastern time start. So it's the same time as the start for this game here on Thursday. Andrew Voth against Ross Stripling. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays here to avoid the sweep, salvage the final game of this series while Baltimore gets out of town and hopes to uh, get a win here against the Cubbies in a day game on or an afternoon game, late afternoon game on Thursday. Blue Jays are currently minus 170. This is another one that this line will jump. Promise you. This line will increase. And I don't know how I feel about betting the Blue Jays at minus or one and a half. Because as for the past two days, I've been on the Orioles. The Orioles are the best run line team in Major League Baseball. And the Toronto Blue Jays are the second worst run line team in Major League Baseball. The Blue Jays are 48 and 67 on the run line this year. The Orioles are 76 and 40 on the run line this year. So if this price, this money line gets any higher, and right now it's high at 170, while I think the Blue Jays win this game, I'm not comfortable laying the the one and a half. I'm just not. So jump on the overnight line before this thing increases. So that is uh, another interesting spot that I see here on the schedule for Wednesday. Um, Phillies and Reds. Phillies have taken the first two games of this series. Um, I don't expect the Phillies to lose, but here's what I like. The over in this game. We have seen this year the Cincinnati Reds play a ton of over games, especially at home. Cincinnati is 32-27-1 to the over at home this year. It's the number one home over record in Major League Baseball. Reds take on the Phillies. Ranger Suarez against Nick Lodolo. Total is eight and a half. I think this game goes over. Even though Ranger Suarez has looked good and Nick Lodolo has looked good. Maybe this line goes down a little bit, but um, because both these pitchers, but I think that we do see uh, runs being scored. Phillies put up 11 runs here on uh, Tuesday. So their bats are 
bats are pretty hot right now. Uh, let's see what else we got here. You got the uh, Royals and the Twins in a little day game action. Uh, Mariners at the Angels, Padres, and Marlins. How about the, the Marlins, huh? For the first time in the month of August, the Marlins scored more than three runs. A 4-3 win. They have now won the first two games of this series against the Padres. And uh, they're off on Thursday, but they are traveling cross-country to take on the Dodgers on Friday. Padres looking to avoid the sweep. Uh, I will back the Padres here. Pablo Lopez, still a solid pitcher. So is Mike Clevenger. But I'll take the Padres at this short price of minus 145 as they desperately need this win because in the National League wildcard standings, they are just one game up on the Brewers. And uh, they can't afford to keep losing to a team like the Miami Marlins. So I think the uh, Padres do avoid the sweep and get themselves a win here on Wednesday. Uh, other situational spots. Um, let's see. Uh, Rays and Yankees. I mean, how do you feel comfortable betting on the Yankees? Um, talked about the Mets already. That's really it as far as, let me see what's going on in this uh, Royals-Twins series. All right, so let's see. The twins, we've got to look at the Twins as a possible getaway spot. Where's Minnesota going? Minnesota will head from this game. They're off on Thursday, and they stay home, so that doesn't apply there. But they are looking to go for the sweep, and the Cubs will look to win the series against the Nationals before heading to Baltimore for just a one-game thing, but uh, a one-game series against Baltimore. But guess what? That travel is hopping on a bus to go from D.C. to Baltimore. It's, it's, it's right next to each other. So um, taking a look, though, at that line, Cubs are minus 155 with Drew Smiley on the hill. Corey Abbott plus 135. Let's see. On the – let's want to see what their record is here. As mm, an away favorite – Cubbies this year are eight and two as an away favorite. It's pretty good. Kind of kind of the uh stat you'd like to jump on. Although hate what their bullpen did here in this game. Thankfully they got the win in eleven innings, but I don't hate the Cubbies winning this series, especially when you consider their record as an away favorite, as rare as it is. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15, 20 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by our very own Matt Humans, senior editor for us here at VSIN. And uh, we'll talk to Humans about a variety of things. Golf, Willie Zalatoris, congratulations. He gets the win. Get his thoughts on some college football, some baseball nuggets. Uh, but coming up next, I told you earlier this week, I was very... Angry, but also excited and optimistic about a certain sporting event that was going on that 
I was angry because I didn't realize it was going on, going on, but I was happy and optimistic because I realized the betting opportunities are there. And we cashed in on our first bet at 1-0. We'll try to make it 3-0 coming up here on Wednesday. I'll tell you about it coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Regular season football. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 